Hi, Travis Liebig, CEO of St. Louis Bank here. As one of the few remaining locally owned banks, we aim to fill the growing void of banking partners for our small and mid-sized business community. Due to decades of consolidation, community banks are fleeting, and it's more important than ever for business owners to understand the importance and the power of banking locally. When those hard-earned dollars are deposited with the mega banks, they can roll into centralized operations and be lent out elsewhere across the coast, having little discernible effect on the local scene. But on the contrary, when you bank locally, your dollars stay in the local community and reinvested to loans to other business owners, circulating those dollars back into the economy and having a multiplying effect that grows our future. Banking locally isn't just a transaction. It's an investment in the heart and soul of St. Louis. Business owners like you deserve a partner who understand your business, can be your advocate, and will be by your side through the ups and downs of leading a company in today's times. Just like your business, we're locally owned. Well, banks like us share our mission with the industrious, hardworking St. Louisans, building the community we can all be proud of. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Build St. Louis, the regional podcast that's capturing and sharing the very heart of construction and development. I'm your host, Carrie Smith, owner of Information Works. And in this episode, we're delighted to welcome two innovative planning and communications professionals from the city of St. Peter's, Missouri. Julie Powers, on our right, has served as the Director of Planning, Community, and Economic Development in St. Peter's for 27 years, and Lisa Bedian has been the Director of Communications for the City of St. Peter's for nearly 20 years. Together, the two have been enjoying the success of the City's initiative that is streamlining the development and permitting process for companies that are seeking to locate and expand in St. Peter's, Missouri. The program's called Fast Track, F-A-S, capital T-R-A-C. I think that's a very clever spelling. And Julie and Lisa, welcome to Build St. Louis. We're so glad to have you on this episode. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Carrie. Glad to be with you. Wonderful. Well, let's dive right into the topic. Fast tracking development kind of did a play and added my own ING onto that. But I would love for you to share with our listeners and myself an overview of this initiative of what fast track is and sort of how long it's been in existence and where you got the idea to even do it. Well, Fast Track is basically our brand for the development process. We were always kind of known for moving projects through, whether it's a new project or a modified, you know, an amended project quickly. So it seemed like an appropriate title. I think it was about six years ago. Lisa was really instrumental in making that happen. So we were sort of the practitioners, if you will, over here doing our day-to-day thing. And I think she's the idea behind this whole brand. We really enjoy working with Julie and her team, and we were being told about how quickly we were being complimented. It was at the time that the Premier 370 development was really starting to take off, and we were receiving a lot of compliments on how great the team was to work with and how different it was to have the kind of experience that you do when you work with our team here at the City of St. Peter's. And so it was at that time that we thought, if this is a strength of our operation here and something we're known for, let's tell people what that is, and that's where the brand creation came from. Oh, that's awesome. For any listeners that aren't familiar with what Premier 370 is, maybe kind of just give us a bit about that and how that was made. Was that kind of the first sort of mega project or development that brought this to light? 
Well, the premier three seventy development itself has been on like rocket fuel for the last ten years or so, and we've got more than ten thousand new good paying jobs through premier three seventy with big brands that people are very familiar with, like FedEx, Amazon, the Grove Collaborative, we've Best got Buy, Best Buy, Med Warehouse, RB, Rocket Bank, Kaiser. Yeah, there's a lot that's been going on there. But also, as Julie was saying before, working with our existing businesses that want to expand or grow. And some of the smaller businesses, you know, don't forget the mom and pops. They've got a big interest in wanting to get their business idea from the idea stage to opening those doors and welcoming people. So it's really been a collaborative effort for the way we do business here in St. Peter's. And we're proud to be able to be answering questions and being able to be a place where there's not any runaround. It's really, we're trying to get you to the point where you're opening your doors and hiring people as quickly as possible. And I think that is mentioned. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I mentioned Reckett Benkiser, which has a warehouse in Premier 370, but we have an older industrial park called Arrowhead Industrial at the western part of the city, and they actually have a manufacturing facility in Arrowhead. So we were really pleased when they decided to build their warehouse in St. Peter's. We thought, well, this is kind of an indicator that they like doing business here. They've been in Arrowhead a long time. Everybody's Lysol wipes are probably made in Arrowhead Industrial Park, just letting you know. So that warehouse was one, I think that was one of the second or third big buildings out there in Premier. And so I feel like Fast Track has kind of helped those guys in the old Arrowhead Industrial Park. It also helped us really when Premier 370 really jump-started after the recession. I think what it came home for me was that when Saya Trucking, mm-hmm. when they opened up and to hear at their opening the compliments that they had a team in, because they're of course a national company, they had a team in that was really complimenting at the time we didn't have a microphone in front of them and I wish we had about how wonderful it had been to work with our team here in St. Peter's to get all the permits, get the information, how quickly we responded to them and everything. And it was like, we want to think that we're doing a good job. But when you have somebody who deals with economic development professionals across the country in a variety of different settings saying that, that just really means a lot. It's a reinforcement of what Julie and her team are trying to do, but it's also a standard of excellence that we want to meet every day. And we hear that a lot. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, I was going to just ask you who, for people listening now, when you're fast tracking, who do you all put in a room? I would think it's like a city engineer, maybe a surveyor, but like who would you, for cities big and small that are listening and wanting to maybe copy your good idea, who are you kind of getting together that typically maybe a city that wouldn't be doing this, that would drag something out in terms of development? So we have kind of two processes. If you need to go through a rezoning or a special use permit, we have a first meeting called land use review. And that meeting is, it's a freebie. There's no cost. It's during the day. Nobody has to get a babysitter at night. And we invite everybody. We invite all the department heads, so streets, engineering, parks, planning, the fire district, which are separate jurisdictions. They jump in and it gives a developer a really good opportunity to sort of kind of get in the weeds and talk about the utility services, talk about what kind of park impact you might have, just anything that might jump out. If that's not happening, if there's no rezoning or special use, no board of aldermen action, then you're going to jump right into the site plan process. But even in those cases, a lot of times we'll have a preliminary meeting and we can maybe do it by Zoom these days. Sometimes we're just on a conference call. But I think a key piece of it is really trying to hash out any issues. And I don't like to call them problems because I feel like you get enough people in the room, you can solve that problem. So 
it's really just kind of sorting through anything early on. So when we get further into the process, we don't have any surprises. I think that's a okay. very key piece of it. Would that be like, for example, like a feasibility or environmental concerns or just anything, I guess? Yeah. And those really would come up more a lot of times if you have like an old service station site or a previously developed site. We still have a lot of undeveloped property, not a lot of undeveloped property, but properties that don't have too many environmental issues, but they're close to a neighborhood or it's a site that was, you know, there does involve demo. So we'll bring in our building department guys. So it's just really getting the right people in the room early on. That would be my first tip to a community really trying to fast track their processes. Get the right folks in the room early on and have everybody be honest. <laughs> have everybody sort of say, okay, this is what I see and this is what we're going to expect. Because development community in the end really wants you to tell them what your expectations are. And if the numbers aren't there, they may choose to not proceed, but better they know early than later in the process. Absolutely. That makes so much sense for developers that for all of us, but especially them, right? Time yeah. is money. And I was thinking, gosh, for you guys to move at the pace of business rather than, I mean, that's too frank, but there than the pace of government, you have to sort of match the pace they're running at. And I think it's got to be difficult, but how wonderful what sets you apart maybe as a city with which developers and owners would want to do business. I think it is. And, and I've had comments unsolicited over time, a lot of times from a developer that is doing business, it's a national developer and they're doing business in multiple communities. And, you know, they'll just say, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're going to accomplish this in three months. It took me and I've heard this comment 18 in an XYZ community. And I finally said to one of them one time, I said, what do you do for 18 months? I can't imagine how we would fill that time. So I think it is a matter of just trying to sort of be cognizant of what that time means to them. And that time is money. And so the sooner they can move through the process, the more likely they're going to have a positive experience in St. Peter's, I think. The success is really the proof of how that has worked here. Mm -hmm. And the fact that when you get all those people in, in the room and everyone is solution oriented, they're not looking for reasons to say no. Right. They're looking for, for reasons to have another hoop for somebody to jump through. They're looking for a solution that's going to work for everybody, whether it's that developer or whether it's, okay, we know that there's this kind of a regulation or this kind of a need in that neighborhood. And how can we be cognizant of all of that, but make it work for everybody? It's got to be a win for everybody or it's not going to so it's possible for, I was thinking versus maybe municipalities that say, well, come to our city council meeting in another three weeks, or you have to attend the planning and zoning meeting, or you have to, or some of the things, the ways I think that it gets dragged out, it's, you're not legally required to drag it out and make it painful. <laughs> you can have these Zoom meetings. I mean, you don't have to, you're not dependent on sort of the municipal calendar to, I was wondering if that limits it somewhat, or, I mean, I'm sure you have to put right, approval along right. the way, but how do you sort of know when you, how can you work with that to still expedite things when you've got certain hoops that are the meeting it has to come before and that type of thing? Well, and we have a meeting with our PNZ the first Wednesday of every month and the submittal is a approximately based on the, depending on the calendar, about 30 days prior, that right there is very consolidated. There's a lot of communities that is a two or three month lead. So that's one, I think, way we've done it. We'll take a site plan to our planning and zoning commission with some outstanding items. We have a list up to six that's codified. So that's another way we kind of save time. And then we sort through those contingencies.
contingencies on the back end. We do have architectural review, which is oftentimes in some communities a big time taker. It'll go to planning and zoning and then it'll get referred to a subcommittee and that can take two to three months because of scheduling. And so what we do is we have that part of our PNZ review. We actually have an outside consultant. We pay him, the city pays that consultant. He attends all the PNZ meetings. He reviews everything in advance. Our commission relies heavily on his input because that's his only job is to look at the project and decide how can it be better? How can I work with this developer? So I think they really feel that that is very much a value-added person on the team, but we don't require that to be a separate step. I think that's a big time saver. So it's really little things. And then if you're going to our board of aldermen, if you do need approval for a rezoning, that can happen the same month as PNZ. So there are communities that I'm aware of where you first have to go and make that happen, then you come back for the site plan. And so that's a time stretch right there. So there's really not one big thing, but I think it's a bunch of little things that can help or hinder. How smart for you as the city to hire a planning and zoning consultant? I mean, just to do that does nothing else, like you said. They're just laser yeah, no, focused. He's the on architectural it. guy. I mean, and he is very local, very accessible, really easy guy to work with, but it really, I think, has been key. And I think you can see it reflected in a lot of the design of some of the regular Project USA. It might be a bank, it might be a fast food restaurant, but I think he's very good at sort of taking it to that next level. That's wonderful. Lisa, you mentioned a little bit about, we talked about the warehouse distribution parks, the big brand tenants, the big boxes, but you said also the mom and pops. Can you share an example of how this was successful, the fast track for maybe a smaller business? I think Julie would probably have more information on that, but we do yeah. know that like we see, I know as being someone who's a consumer in the St. Peter's area. And so like, if I see a restaurant that's going to open or whatever, that I know that they are also getting that attention to get them through the process. And if they want to start a restaurant, they aren't well versed in ordinances of whatever municipality or county it is that they're opening it up in. And so having a resource like Julie and her team who can answer these questions can help them move through the process as long as they're following, okay, here's what you need to have have to have with signage. This is what you need to have to have to get your inspections and things like that done. A resource that's friendly, that's accessible, and what a difference that makes. One I can think of that's quite as small as a mom and pop, but out in our Premier 370 area we worked with, came through Greater SDL as a lead, and then ended up in St. Peter's, I think, because just the location, and I don't know exactly why, but it's Central States Manufacturing, and they're a distributor of products that you would use in construction, and they have a location in Arkansas. I think they have a few other locations, but they ended up, and they're much smaller than Amazon, much smaller footprint, much fewer employees, but we were able to also help them get through the process quickly. And I think for that group, they didn't know St. Peter's, they didn't know St. Louis. And I think we really, I think, helped them kind of get where they needed to go. So yeah, we have worked and there's a lot of other smaller, we have a lot of restaurants that have gone in former restaurant buildings, like Lisa indicated. And sometimes for those folks, it's a one-time deal. You know, it's the one time in their life they're going to do a project and they don't know to hire the project manager or the construction manager, they're doing some of it themselves. And I think it's also very helpful for those folks because we cannot drag it out and they're usually pretty anxious to get going. That's awesome. If people are listening and saying, man, we want to copy what you guys are doing, 
What in, I call it ingredients, but what's the recipe maybe to try and create a fast track program or maybe even something close to that? Maybe just to start by how to expedite development. What would you recommend? Well, I think one thing is there does need to be support from on top. I do think our board very much embraces it. And that may fall to someday saying, yes, staff, I want this to be the priority. Yes, we're working on this over here also, but this should always be the, be the, the phone call or the, or the task that you make sure rises to the top of your list. So that kind of buy-in from everybody is very important. And then I think it has to be kind of made sure that all the staff down food chain, so to speak, also know. So everybody knows we are here to make sure we can process and help people get through our review process quickly because it is sometimes kind of inundating. We have a online submittal system now that we went to. When did we do that? About two or three years ago. Everybody loves it. Developers love it because it's less paper. You don't have to come to City Hall to drop things off. So it is very efficient, but it is not always intuitive. The software folks told us it was, and I think they meant it from their heart and soul because they wrote it. But for a lot of folks, we have made sure to help them kind of get through that process also. So I think it's kind of knowing what everybody needs and then getting the buy-in from your staff and then looking at the calendar and being committed to squishing the calendar. I think that's also important. And that might not be a technical term, but it's definitely important. I bet the companies that experience this are as you mentioned before, just sort of incredulous because there may be, especially ones that are national developers or site selectors or whomever, and they're used to the pace that they've done the same footprint in other markets. And they've got to be just, are you kidding me? It's moved along that far already. It is a repeat comment. Mm -hmm. It definitely is a repeat comment. Definitely. Makes my job very easy as director of communications for the city (laughs) because like, yeah, we're telling a great story, but it's because people care about what they're doing, the attentiveness to detail, and understanding that this process, it's helping these developers, but it's also helping the people who are going to get jobs in those places. It's helping the economy of our overall region. And so it just makes doing it correctly makes sense in the C-E-N-T-S sense of the word. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you ladies are good on play on words. <laughs> You're good. Well, I think it would just be so such an indication of your success, not only of the program, but like you said, it takes a lot of collaboration and a yes, we can move this along and not a, I hate to use the word, but that's what pops in my mind, not a bureaucratic perspective. It seems like yes. you would have to, there must have been a lot of buy-in, not only from your mayor, city manager, city council, but from your staff to just them learning how to coordinate with each other in a more expedited way. Right. And we're lucky. We have a nice big building here and we all sit close to each other. And that might seem kind of obvious, but it actually does make a big difference, I think. And then another role that the planning department, which is really just a couple of us play is as, and I use this term a little bit lightly, but ombudsman. So if you're done with our piece of it, which is the site plan or rezoning piece, which is kind of the first step, and then you're down the road a bit working on that project and something comes up, we always say, call us. If you get stuck and you can't get an answer or you can't reach your inspector or so-and-so's on vacation, call us. We'll help you. We all sit here close together and we can make sure to try to facilitate an answer. We, I mean, the code is what the code is and I can't waive that. I don't have that power, but we can certainly help facilitate facilitate any kind of issues that come up. And that is not atypical in any community because it's just sort of the nature of the beast. There's things that come up that no one could foresee. 
Wow, that's awesome. Anything else you would want to mention that I haven't asked today about what you do and how you do it? It seems like every municipality should have this on their strategic plan or their goal to initiate something like this. I think it is key in trying to make sure that you are able to keep attracting new users. We don't have near the available properties that we once did, but we still have a lot of infill sites. We have a lot of available commercial lots. We have a little bit of industrial property still left. And it's important to us to make sure that those property owners are able to develop those in a fair way. And we want to make sure we're here to support them. And we have good relationships, I think, with a lot of property owners in St. Peter's. And I think they know that we're on the same team. You know, that's something I meant to ask you about was the other professionals in addition to property owners that you probably have relationships with to make this work like commercial real estate brokers or, you know, like you said, property owners. Mm. I'm trying to think what other maybe financial lenders or other people that you can pull into the room if it's a developer that's not familiar with the region. Yeah, we have a lot of good relationships, especially with the real estate community. There's a commercial real estate group that meets monthly that we participate in. So that's been really key in sort of building those relationships. And they can call us at any time and talk a project through. So I think those relationships are great. We also know a lot of the engineering companies in the region that tend to work in this kind of area where they do site plan and development work that tends to be a niche. And we have good working relationships with them also. And a lot of times in those pre-meetings, those are the folks that are showing up because they're tasked by the developer and or property owner to build X. Well, they're coming to us saying, I don't know, you know, how are we going to do this? And so we want to be there to help. We want to make sure we're getting what we need and that they're able to walk out with the answers that they need. Sure. You know, from the communications and sort of public involvement stage, if it's a project that might not be viewed favorably by the residents of St. Peter's, that has to be a challenge if that's part of the expedited situation. How does that factor in, like, in terms of something, if you're wanting to get something done in 30 to 60 to 90 days, but it's somewhat, I guess, for lack of a better word, controversial, how does that, if you have public hearings and that kind of thing, how does that play into this sort of fast track schedule? Well, basically, I mean, whether or not there's concern about a given project, we still give people the opportunity to come and if they've got any opinions or whatever, to express those. We try to make sure that we're providing the information about what the project may be or what the impact, as we know it, would be to our region or to our community, what that is out there. And we feel like if you treat people with respect and you give them the information that they need to make a decision or to, to form an opinion about something, that's the best way to handle it. Whether it's, like I said, some big project that's got maybe some questions attached to it or another project that might be run of the mill, we treat them all the same. And that way you're not getting yourself into a, a more tricky situation. I think you just treat people with respect, whether you're right. dealing with a business that wants to come here or whether it's a business that's been here for a couple of generations or our residents who live in an area and just have some questions about, well, is this going to increase the traffic at this intersection or any other questions like that? And we answer them. We do the best we can. And the, the digital age has certainly helped at least with the resident piece because it used to be folks would come in and we get the file and they'd have to get off work. And now if someone calls me, they get a notice of a public hearing and they have a question, I can email them the site plan. And in about 30 seconds, they can have their questions. We can have a conversation. I can try to answer their questions. I can tell them about when the public hearing is. And I think that has been a really great thing for just getting information disseminated. And a lot of times we're dealing with with something very controversial and we're dealing with maybe an HOA president. You know, we can help support them and then they kind of do all the legwork, which is great. 
I think that really points to two things in terms of additional ingredients in the recipe for a city or municipality trying this to fast establish a fast track program. It seems like you need to be helpful to be digitally savvy or digitally yes. good and also just to be transparent. I mean, I would think, you know, government just naturally right. would be transparent, but it seems like the sort of digital piece and the perspective of transparency seem like they are lending uh, to the success of your program. I totally agree. I totally agree. We've got it, the online submittals, which is definitely helped people speed up that piece of it. And then we can disseminate information much quicker than the old days. Exactly. Well, gosh, it's been so great to talk with you both. We have been here on this episode of Build St. Louis with Julie Powers, who's the Director of Planning, Community, and Economic Development for the City of St. Peter's, Missouri, and Lisa Bedian, who's the Director of Communications for the City of St. Peter's, Missouri. And you may have questions just based on people listening to this podcast today on Build St. Louis. I think if anyone's listening who's a business owner or a site selector or, you know, someone who's a member of their city council or a mayor, no doubt have been inspired by this conversation of what you're doing and how well it's working. Congratulations again to both of you. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you very much. It's been great to visit with you today. And if anybody's got any questions, they can reach out to Julie or myself and we'll be happy to, if we can't answer it, we'll find people who can. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wonderful. Maybe give the, how about your website or something that would be easy for people to find you and or the Fast Track program? Sure. The, and there's a bunch of information on our Fast Track program on the city website. We also have a monthly economic development newsletter, which is called Fast Track. And people can sign up for that. It, it comes out digitally. You don't have to be a St. Peter's business person or resident to get that. And our website is www.stpetersmo.net. So again, that's www.stpetersmo.net. And we've got, actually, we've just got an app that rolled out in the last few weeks. And you can, you can even download the app to your phone and get the, all the information about St. Peter's. But we've got information about economic development, our fast track, track program. You can sign up for that newsletter and all kinds of other information. If you want to come out and check out some of our beautiful parks and trails in St. Peter's, we're very welcoming community. So come on out. Thank you so much. Thanks, Julie. And thank you, Lisa, for being with us today on Build St. Louis. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Barbara Murphy is one of the top commercial real estate brokerage firms in the Southern Illinois and St. Louis region. With more than 500 active listings, it's the go-to firm for anyone seeking to buy, sell, lease, or invest. With a unique transactional focus, Barbara Murphy offers you a conflict-free experience as your trusted advisor. Contact Barbara Murphy today at barbaramurphy.com for expertise and assistance with your next real estate transaction.